coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. You could be creating fire hazards in your house. Maybe you're getting a lot of dust accumulation, which is, you know, think about your allergies and how that would go. It can create resentment and conflict in relationships. If you live with somebody who's just holding on to stuff all the time, there's no room, you don't see the point of it, it can create conflict in a couple. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. Everyone and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're glad you've joined us. It's the weekend again, Dr. Linda. Yay. It's a good time to uh, clean things up, which is really what I need to do in the studio. Have you seen some of the stuff laying around here that's driving me bonkers? I see you have a box of are those cassette tapes no they're actually dats and you've got that and there's just stuff laying around i really need to get in here and clean up it's uh it's getting on my nerves you really do need to clean up i have to come in here <laughs> i have to deal with this every time i walk in right yeah i am a bit of a clean freak i will tell you that i, right. I come across that i think genetically because i'm mm -hmm. german <laughs> ah. and my mom was really into cleaning my mom washed the walls when i was growing up really you ever heard of anybody washing their walls? I washed the walls this week at our house. Inside? Yes. You do that? Just this week. For, it, it needed it. I don't know anybody your age who would wash a wall. Well, we have kids, and, and they, I know. the walls get grimy, so I washed them down okay. a little bit. Okay, yeah. all right. I'm impressed, but now, were you messy as a kid? <laughs> no, no. I cleaned my room a lot as a kid. Okay, so we've got two clean freaks here on the show as we talk about clutter. That's why this studio is driving me nuts, because it's a mess. All right, so we're going we're gonna to talk about clutter, and we're going to talk mm -hmm. about what does your clutter say about you. All right. What does it say? All right, I'm going to ask you a few questions. I want you to all think about them. Chris and I will talk about them, but here's question number one, Chris. Mm -hmm. Do you save your old college sports uniform, I don't know if you have one, to remind you of your days of glory? I have a, a jersey from high school, yes, but it's boxed away who knows where. And why are you saving it? I don't know. <laughs> what, what does that say about you? Oh, That's great. the question. Yeah. Actually, I saved Norm's soccer shirt. Did you? No. I saved it because I thought it was a great momentum. Mm -hmm. All right, right, here's another. Here's another one. Do you have bins and bins of childhood stuff in your basement or your attic? No. Okay. Nope. Do you have clothes you never wear, but you think you might? No. I have like three shirts that I wear. Oh, gosh. Okay. Do you have books you've never read, but you just can't seem to part with them? Maybe one or two, but not generally, no. All right, and here's the last one. Is your closet a window into your mental health? Like I said, it's pretty empty. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good window. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. But, we'll find um, out. We're going to find that's out. That's right. That's right. Well, speaking of which, uh, today we're asking, like you said, what does your clutter say about you and your relationships? I can already see that I'm going to learn a few things on this program for sure. <laughs> Maybe that your head shouldn't be empty. <laughs> Actually, this is going to be probably one of the most practical shows that we've done. But before we get into the tips and suggestions, why do we have trouble letting go of clutter? So number one, I think with the college jerseys mm -hmm. we just mentioned, you know, it's a sign of something sentimental, something that you want to save. I wanted to save my husband's soccer shirt. Actually, I'm going to put a picture of that on Instagram, Chris, because I have it. I, I wore it. Really? Why did I wear it? 
I'm trying to remember. I wore it to something. Maybe it was a costume contest or something. Some people hold on to China to pictures. And, you know, just looking at those things sometimes brings tears to people's eyes. And right. it's very sentimental. I mean, how could you give those things away, right? Exactly. I have a couple things here. This is a camera that was my great-grandfather's. Okay. Norm, and you'll have to take a picture of this while Chris right. is talking because he's showing things on radio. <laughs> No one can really see this stuff, can they? I can see it, but right. you'll have to describe. And this is a telegraph that was from my other grandfather who had worked for Bell, uh, Ma Bell for years. And oh he had, he had a, procured this telegraph from a train station. So things like this, Are I'll, sentimental. I'll let keep you know, sit around. But they also sort of serve as a decoration. But as far as just you know, boxing away stuff, nah. Okay, so nah. you've got a few things, but you know, holding on to uh, things and not letting go to them sometimes, and I'm not saying that with your grandparents, but mm -hmm. sometimes that means that you're having a really hard time closing the past out. That's right. really particularly true with the death of a loved one. Do you know people who have kept the person who's died, kept their things in their house, in their room, just like they were before? Oddly enough, the grandfather who gave me this, my grandmother died before I was born. I never met her. His bedroom never changed at all. And I, I think when that happens, sometimes people are saying, I, you know, I just want to have this memory. I want to walk into this mm -hmm. room. I want to remember the person. Sometimes it's about, though, perfectionism, and people are very obsessive. They think, what if I need this at some point? What if something happens to me? You know, I did this. I'm very obsessive on things like that. And I did give away something from our kitchen. And then wouldn't you know it? Mm. We're looking for the item, and it's right. the one time I thought, okay, just give it away, because I'm not using it, and then I needed it later on, and I thought, there you go. So my, I gave it away, and I needed it. My dad's a builder, and there's a, a little piece of land out past their house that is just building stuff. That he's so, saving? Yes, and his point is, you know, I may need a piece of this on a job. What's true about that is he's right. Oh, he's used it? Yeah. He's gone right. and used it. Well, yeah, but some... my mom hates it because it's this place out past their house that's just, you know, Yeah, it's cluttery. Supplies. Right. Cluttery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, what about wishful thinking? Sometimes it's about, you know, I might pick up that guitar. Didn't we hold on to our guitar, Norm, for a long time? Because one of us <laughs> thought we might actually have the time to play right. it. Yeah, it didn't happen. No. We didn't get back to it. So that can be wishful thinking. Or maybe I'm going to lose weight and I can actually wear that dress again. Uh, sometimes it's just a question of disorganized. You know, people get very mm. disorganized. Some people have a lot of problems with that. And it, usually it relates to, it can relate to the diagnosis of ADHD. Organization is a real problem. You know, that may indicate that you need some help. People with ADHD or even obsessive compulsive disorder have a real difficult time organizing, letting go of things. And then you may have somebody in your household or someone that you know who has dementia, and that is another indication of problems with organizing. So sometimes it can be related to a mental health problem. Another one, Chris, is that there are people who can't make decisions. I think that's probably the biggest one, because you sit here and you look at this thing and think, oh, I just don't know if I should. I don't know and then do I gave this. it away and then I needed it. Right. <laughs> that's the last time, yeah. That's right. <laughs> or it could be valuable. So we do have a section in our basement. We mm -hmm. actually did organize it. We were getting ready for the show, and I thought, I'm going to practice some of this of what I'm preaching. Mm -hmm. So we organized, and we put a whole section of things from our basement going, we are holding on to this stuff because we don't know if it has any value. And I'm one of those people who thinks if I give it away, wouldn't you know, someone's going to come and say, <laughs> that was worth you know $3,000, right. and right. you didn't know it. So that may be a reason that you're holding on. You don't want to miss out on something that could be valuable. 
I mean, are there actual dangers in having clutter? I mean, what's the problem? There are some dangers associated to that, depending on how much of a pack rat you can actually Mm be. You could be creating fire hazards in your house. Maybe you're getting a lot of dust accumulation, which is, you know, think about your allergies and how that would go. Mm. And then you could actually, if you're really storing a ton of stuff in your attic and it's getting heavy, you could create structural problems because maybe the attic wasn't designed for that. But the bigger issue with this is that it can create resentment and conflict in relationships. If you live with somebody who's just holding on to stuff all the time, there's no room, you don't see the point of it, it can create conflict in a couple, especially if you're living in a very small space. Well, let's go through some questions to ask yourself because this can be difficult. Here's the first question. Could someone else be using this right now? I'm trying to use that question to give away things mm-hmm. because I'm not using it. Right. Is the item so old that it has no value? Norm finally, we finally gave away his, I would call it the Matrix yeah. leather coat that he held on. <laughs> I mean, he bought this in California years and years ago, and it was quite expensive. And mm-hmm. it's this really pretty soft leather, but it has these big shoulder pads. It looks like something out of the Matrix movie. Yeah. We finally gave it away. Probably He's a good never going to yeah. wear it again. That's right. Here's one. What's the likelihood that you have a gym stored away somewhere that's worth something? Yeah, I think there you, you were going to talk about what you do with that, but mm-hmm. it, probably unlikely for most of us. Am I distressing the people around me? If that's the case, then I probably need to do something about it. What about the, a dangerous space? Could you trip and fall on this stuff? Make the assessment. Mm-hmm. Think about it, and then hopefully we'll make some changes. And because of all that stuff, am I using up functional space that maybe right. I need for something else? Am I spending money on things I do not use? I'm thinking of a storage facility for your junk. Yeah, that would be a uh, <laughs> probably not a good use of money. That's right. Well, let's go to a break. And when we come back, what is the difference between clutter and hoarding? Stay with us. From the moment we're born, we're in relationship. At first, we depend on others to take care of us, to meet all of our needs. Then as we grow older, we make friends, we meet school teachers, later a boss at work and a spouse at home. Every relationship is important. Every relationship requires cultivation and nurturing. And at some point or another, every relationship has its challenges and they revolve around conflict. Did you know that you can grow through conflict and become such a healthier you than you ever expected? Well, I want to help you look at conflict in new ways, to approach conflict in ways that work. My book, We Need to Talk, can help you become a better problem solver, learn to negotiate differences, and strengthen all relationships even when conflict seems destructive. Well, let's face it, conflict is an unavoidable part of our everyday life. But conflict doesn't have to overwhelm you or destroy your relationships. We Need to Talk, an important book by Dr. Linda Mental, is written to help you successfully navigate conflict. Find We Need to Talk wherever you buy books online. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And today we're talking about what does your clutter say about you? And we've got a lot more to talk about. But before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. That's where you will find her blogs, her books, and you can connect with Dr. Linda on social media. Her latest book, co-authored with physician James Cribbs, is Living Beyond Pain. It's a book to help anyone deal with chronic pain. And of course, don't forget that you can listen to and share the podcasts on iTunes anytime. Especially today, if you know someone who's a clutterer. Clutterer. Er, yeah. <laughs> you can share it. <laughs> 
Can you call someone that? Say, hey, you big clutterer. <laughs> Probably would say, here's a show that might be interesting to you. Right. <laughs> but then I don't know what they'll think when they listen to that. So That's true. That could send a weird message. But send it to yeah. them anyway. They, they may like the show. <laughs> well, we know some people really have a hard time getting rid of just about anything. So what is the difference between accumulating too much stuff and actual hoarding? I'm glad you asked that because did you know hoarding is a mental health disorder? Well, based on the TV show Hoarders. I, did you watch that? Oh, you want to talk about a way to motivate someone to clean up. It, but they show. have a hard time. See, that's yeah. the issue because it does fall under the category of obsessive compulsive disorder. Well, that's why they bring a specialist in on right. that show. Yeah. Right. And, you know, sometimes people know this as the pack rat syndrome. Mm -hmm. They think about it like that. It's an obvious one because you're going to have the physical signs of the problem all over your house. Mm. You know, the famous pop artist Andy Warhol was a was a hoarder. He was. Yeah. And he would buy things daily in New York City and couldn't give anything away. And when he died, there were boxes and boxes of, of stuff in his house. And you would not know that about Andy Warhol, except mm. that they, you know, found that out. But here's a fascinating story, Chris, that I found. It was written by David Beale. In the early 1970s, there were two women related to Jackie Onassis. Now, mm -hmm. we all know who Jackie Onassis is, right? right. Mm -hmm. Was married first to JFK and then eventually married Onassis. So they were the subjects of this documentary that came out called Grey Gardens. And the documentary was about their eccentric behavior, which included hoarding. The woman, Edith Bouvier, now that's where, isn't that the maiden name of Jackie Onassis? I think so, Right, yeah. mm -hmm. right. Beale, so her last name was Beale, and her mother, Edith Ewing Bouvier, were former New York socialites who spent their days holed up in a decrepit East Hampton mansion. So they're <laughs> wow. these, these socialites from New yeah. York City, and they're in this really decrepit mansion. Right. Well, Beale goes on to say that when the Suffolk County Board of Health raided the house, they found piles and piles of garbage amid human and animal waste. Mm. It was said that only three of the mansion's 28 rooms were used, while the others were occupied by hundreds of cats and raccoons, and as we say in West Virginia, possums. <laughs> <laughs> say that again? Is it different than possums? No, it's, an o, it's an opossum. Oh, it's an opossum? Yeah, I we, say possum. Yeah, we say possum. I'm not from West Virginia, <laughs> but I say that. So listen, Beale then goes on to report the rest of the story. So when the word of those deplorable conditions got to Jackie O, she and then her husband, Aristotle Onassis, paid $32,000 mm. to clean that house. They had to install a new furnace and a plumbing system, and they had to cart away, are you ready? A thousand bags of garbage. And when the Grey Garden filmmakers began to shoot there in 1973, the mansion was so infested with fleas that they had to wear flea collars around their ankles. Ugh. Wow. That's an extreme case. But we can also see how this must be a mental health issue as well. What are the signs to look for? You know, it is an extreme case, but it is a case where somebody actually has something that they need to work on because that is a mental health disorder. So mm. let's go over those signs. Hoarding is the inability to let go of items related to a person's belief system and emotional ties. There's a belief that they can't really get rid of it, and then there's the emotional issues around it. The signs are common hoarding items. You have to look for the items. So a lot of times it's clothing especially those that have never been worn. So you'll see in the closets a lot of clothes hanging, but they have tags on mm, them and right. they've never been you know, worn. Yeah. A lot of times it's magazines or books or newspapers. I don't know if people hoard newspapers anymore because there aren't newspapers. 
It so that one may be, be hard, different. Yeah. yeah. And then stealing even an excessive acquisition can be hoarding. So what you saw with Andy Warhol, with him every day buying things and just putting them mm. into his house. So it has an emotional component to it then, correct? It does. And it happens around emotional experiences in which the person experiences anxiety around loss, comfort, and security. So we were talking about those two women. We I don't know their histories and their stories. Sometimes it can be related, and I want to make this clear, sometimes a person may have a brain lesion, so there can be a medical reason for that happening, or some type of genetic condition. There's a genetic condition called Prader-Willi syndrome, and one of the signs of that is that the person hoards food. Hmm. So, you know, you have to think that way, first rule that out. But when there's not a genetic factor or there's not some type of brain lesion, one of the things that's interesting, we can look at the brain and we can see when people are trying to make decisions about discarding some of these personal possessions, the brain is not affected when it's not something that belongs to them. So it's hmm. giving away their stuff that is more problematic their brain becomes activated in a certain part of their brain when it's their stuff, when it's other people's stuff, not so much. When you watch the, the show Hoarders on A&E and they come in to clean the house and they'll find some obscure little thing that's been buried for years and then show it to the homeowner. And all of a sudden the homeowner says, oh, no, 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 we got we have to keep that. How do they remember that item from so long ago? Well, there's something emotional. It has something, again, to do with loss and comfort. It has some type of personal meaning. That's why, from a mental health perspective, this is tied to emotional and belief systems. Hmm. So it may maybe the belief system is you can't really get rid of anything because yeah. you might have that moment to use it again. So then what's the treatment for hoarding? Medication, usually, and therapy. You have to help the person get some insight around this and motivate them. A lot of times the family is very important in the treatment mm. in terms of helping them. But sometimes, Chris, one of the biggest interventions is hiring an organizer to help with cleanup and then work out a way to hold the person accountable for that. So when this is diagnosed, you need to work with a mental health professional. It's like an intervention of some sort. It is. It mm -hmm. is a little bit like bringing in that organizer, helping the person really understand what's going on here, and then helping to motivate them maybe one day at a time. So for those of us who aren't hoarders, but we might need some help removing or organizing our clutter, uh, let's look at some practical tips. Okay, I'm not a hoarder, but we moved eight years ago into the house we're in. Mm -hmm. We just put the boxes in the basement, and there's so much stuff. We moved in a hurry, and we just packed everything up, and we really didn't look at it. So, so I've been staring at that cluttered basement for eight years. Well, I've seen your basement, and it's... There's it, a lot. It was the the worst thing oh, I think I've ever the, seen. That is not true. <laughs> no, it wasn't but, bad at all. When you said it was cluttered, I'm surprised at that. But there's just stuff, you know, in there, yep. and I don't even know what's in there, so it's making me a little bit crazy. There's wrapping paper <laughs> everywhere. There's half-empty boxes scattered all over the floor. There's bins of stuff that really needed to be sorted out and there's mm -hmm. no sense of order in there so i just go down there and i just see this stuff that's there so i'm going to practice what i'm preaching in this show so i looked at that space mm -hmm. and i thought all right can i group the items norman i went down there right. if we move certain things together we moved all the christmas decorations together we moved all the books together and pictures and then we did children's stuff so that helped and then you need to decide how to store the items with bins or shelves. There needs to be a system. Do I want to stack, buy a few cheap shelves and get things up off the floor? And here's my favorite one because I use this system. Use see-through bins. 
because when you do need to find something, you can sort of you hold, can see it. hold the box up and say, there it is. Yeah, a lot of people even label the bins, which I'm mm-hmm. not that organized. But <laughs> one of the things that really helped is that I knew going into this, I didn't have to do the entire basement. Hmm. That we could start somewhere, Mm -hmm. we could do a little bit of an area, so we started in one section, and that makes it much less daunting. Here's my favorite one of all in this list. Schedule a declutter session. That's right. Get a time, say you're going to go down there, right? And stuff is being thrown out. You have to do that, right? If you're going down there and you're saying, we don't need this, you have to get rid of it. And you have to pace yourself, work in an area for an hour or two, and then stop. One of the things I read... And I did not do it. I wish I would have done it because we did throw some artwork away, some Mm -hmm. physical things that the kids had made. I wish I would have known this one. It says, take a picture, photograph their artwork, and then get rid of it. That's kind of a good idea. Really is. You have a memory of it, right? Of course, if the kids forgot about it and you threw it away, who cares? Well, that's what we're hoping. (laughs) (laughs) We're hoping that happens. I hope they don't go, where was that frog I made in fourth grade? I'm like, ooh. I could have said, here's a picture. There's the picture right there. I forgot to do that. That's right. You can file all of your important documents and store them in a safe and secure place. Yeah, we need to do that. We Mm -hmm. need to store them somehow and get them organized. Take garbage bags out. Follow the rule. If you haven't used it in two years, Mm. years, I would say maybe five years. Okay, five years. (laughs) If you haven't used it. uh, (laughs) And if you're saving items for your children... Ask them if they want it. Now, we yeah. did this. Yeah. We actually called them, FaceTimed them, showed them the item and said, do you think you're ever going to want this? Mm-hmm. And to my chagrin, our son said no. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, get rid of them. Yeah. If something has true emotional meaning, find a bin, store it, but then decide later what you want to do with it. But the point is at least organize it into a system of some sort. And, you know, I did that. I called, I FaceTimed my daughter, Katie, and I showed her something. She goes, uh, I might want that. Mm-hmm. So I did. I did exactly that. I put it in a okay, maybe later right. kind of file. I think the point is when you have a system and you have something working, at least you're making some sort of progress. Well, here's a question that Norm and I asked ourselves. Is something happened to us? Would anyone in the family want this stuff? Hmm. That helped us make a lot of decisions because the answer typically was no. no. (laughs) And so I'm more apt to give it away if I think no one in the family is going to want it. Letting Go of Worry by Dr. Linda Mintel. Available on her website at drlindamintel.com and online. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Her latest is Living Beyond Pain. It's a book to help anyone living with pain get their life back with practical tools that are not related to taking drugs. Check out her website, drlindamental.com. That's where you will find the book, Living Beyond Pain, and you can connect with Dr. Linda on social media. And don't forget, you can always find this program as a podcast on iTunes. Today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show, we're talking about what does your clutter say about you? And Dr. Linda, let's talk in more general terms, not just how to organize a big space like a basement or an attic, but ways to stay more organized in everyday life. I think, number one, we're getting less and less of paper stuff, right? Because Mm, now we're doing so much of our organizing online. And that's another whole area. You have to make files. You have to figure Mm -hmm. out how to organize all these things that you get online. But if you do have a lot of paper, that's the number one thing you can do is just find a basket, find something that you can put the paper in and make it a point on a regular basis to go through that and file things. One thing that I think that's important about paper, it is very heavy. And you'd mentioned this earlier in the, in the program, stacking lots of paper like that in an attic 
Yeah. It's very dangerous. They can weigh your house down. You can take photos. You can take mm-hmm. pictures with your phone now, and you can keep things. But then you have to organize files, Chris. That's the thing I have trouble with. I've got yeah. tons of files on my computer mm. and my phone. Then I put them in a file, and then I go, oh, what file did I put them in? Because <laughs> I don't see them. We know, Dr. Linda, the world we live in, your computer can actually become cluttered, too. What does your desktop look like? Did Norm tell you to ask that? Yes. <laughs> it's actually very organized in my mind, but there right. are lots of folders all yeah. over. But I know where they are. I know mm-hmm. what part of the desktop they're at, and I know how to organize those. So I think I'm okay with my desktop. You know, who would have thought that your email can be a cluttered place? I know. It's amazing. You have to, you have to yeah. organize those emails again. So it's a tackling this thing day to day that you have to do. Well, here's a good one. Uh, pick up five things from the floor and put them away. I think doing that would be an easy way to tackle uh, if you're not used to picking up things. Mm-hmm. Tell yourself maybe three even if you're if five seems a little bit of a, a stretch for you. But you're going to model for your kids that behavior as well. Well, speaking of kids, again, I'm thinking about how important it is to teach your children to put things away and where they belong. We aren't doing them any favors for later in life if we don't start this habit early. And one thing I've found about kids is, is if you just say, clean your room. That's not good enough. You have to be specific and say, pick up your blocks. You have to tell them each step. A broad brush stroke like clean up the living room, it doesn't work. Well, the younger they are, especially, that doesn't work. Uh, Hopefully by the time they're a teenager and you say clean your room. (laughs) But you still may have to remind them that means put clothes away. That means put things in drawers. And again, you are helping them. I would not want to be married to a slob. Right. So think about their future partner who would Mm. say, did your parents never teach you? how to put things away. <laughs> they're going to come back to you, Chris, and yeah. they're going to say, it's your fault, Dad, mm. for not teaching them how to do this. <laughs> I'll just forget who they are. Oh, say, gosh. who are these people? <laughs> this is how you develop a habit. So right. we're, we're saying that, and there are a lot of us as adults who may not have a good habit of putting things away. Here's one that we all need to do more regularly, cleaning out your medicine cabinet. Mm. I did this during the pandemic because I had nothing else to do. So I started looking at it. I was amazed at how many old creams and prescriptions that I found in there. Now, you have to be really careful. You cannot throw a narcotic prescription down the toilet. So I want to say that to people or in the trash. You should also not give them away to family or friends. That's actually considered a felony when you do that. So one of the things that you have to do is safely dispose. And I just want to let people know that in the community, there is a place. Have you ever heard of this giveaway days or yes. disposal days in mm-hmm. a community? It's called a drug take-back program. Mm-hmm. And usually it's, it's organized by the police or there's a designated place in your community. So look at your community and see what you can do. Well, Dr. Linda, after all of these suggestions that help with clutter and organization, if you still feel overwhelmed, what should you do? Best suggestion I have is to ask a friend or someone you know to help you, especially if it's really bothering you or if it's bothering somebody that you live with. You know, clutter really can impact a relationship in a negative way, and it creates a lot of tension. It can create conflict with a couple. So this is something you you should pay attention to. Find somebody who is good at organizing. You can hire someone to help you. You can bring in an organizer and help uh, deal with your space. Mm. That actually could save your relationship in some cases. So finally, if the thought of this organizing that we're talking about makes you anxious, you may have issues with hoarding or some type of difficulty with organizing, even with the tips that we're giving you. If so, go to a counselor. Find someone who can look at the issues that you have and can help you in a professional way. For most of us, though, we need to be stewards of our time. 
not to be so tied to material things, maybe think about what we could give away that could help somebody else. It's time to think like Nike, Chris. Just do it. Just do it. (laughs) Take a few moments each week. Do something to bring a little bit more organization into your life. A little bit at a time, you'll get the task done. You might be surprised at how it will help your mental health and even your relationships. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're here, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.